love our series, and I love hearing Barry and Brandon preach on the Holy Spirit. So many aspects and facets to the Holy Spirit. And um, I just love coming at it from different angles, but I love to sit in a service and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to me something that I've heard before, but maybe it comes alive. That's the Holy Spirit doing that. And uh, I've enjoyed these series of, of meetings. I can't remember how many more we've got. We don't know. Well, that's fine. The Holy Spirit does. I have a feeling we'll keep talking about Him long after the official series is over. But let me, let me jump into this. I, I have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. I have had one for a long time. And I've developed it since when I was a child. I chose to do that, and you're going to hear some of that today. You've often heard me say that God has always wanted to be with humanity. He always did. That's why Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, he went there every day and he talked with them. Because he wanted to be with us. And I know to some of you that's a revelation and you don't, you feel like, oh, God's mad at me. No, can I tell you, he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. And we all know that sin took place and then there was a separation. But God still wasn't happy with that separation. And so he said, I'll send my son, my only son, to die for the sins of you and me, that we can be reconciled or come back to God where he can be with us again. And so that's what he did. And Jesus came and he died on a cross. He was here for a few years. And he died on the cross specifically for your sin and for my sin. So that if we accept Jesus' death for the forgiveness of our sins, that we would be forgiven, and when we die, we would go to heaven to be with him again, back together again, back together again. That's the gospel. That's the gospel story. But what about from the time that we accept Christ into our lives till the time that we pass from this life to the next? What about that gap? What about life right now? Because he still wants to be with us. Still wants to be with us. John 16, beginning in 5. Now I'm going back to the one who sent me. This is Jesus talking. And the one who sent him is the Father. Correct? The one who sent him. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But you are filled with sadness because I have told you all of this. Let me assure you, it is better that I go away. I say this because when I go away... I will send the helper, say the helper, to you. 
But if I do not go, the helper will not come. Say helper. And when the helper comes, say helper, he will show the people of the world how wrong they are about sin, about being right with God, about judgment. He will prove that they are guilty of sin, conviction. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he convicts of sin. Not only in the world, but even us as we make mistakes, as we grieve God, as we disobey his commands. He convicts us because they do not believe in me. He will show them how wrong they are about how it is to be right with God. The helper, say the helper, will do this because I'm going to the Father. You will not see me then. And he will show them how wrong their judgment is because their leaders have already been condemned. Verse 12, I have so much more to tell you, but it is too much for you to accept now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. Say all truth. He will not speak his own words. He will speak only of what he hears, which are the words of God. And he will tell you what will happen in the future. The spirit of truth will bring glory to me, that's Jesus, by telling you what he receives from me. The Holy Spirit is a repeater. He repeats what Jesus says. All that the Father has is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit will tell you what he receives from me. Jesus was going away, but it was the helper that was coming to live inside of us I like to put it this way, to do life with us. We say around here that we have relationship and we want to do life together. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to do life with you. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you first. He's not a bird. He's not the dove. I know. They've taken that and put the dove on there. He's not a bird. Matthew three sixteen, he was like a dove, and he was as a dove, but he's not a bird. And he's not a tongue. I know in this Pentecostal church, we think of that many times. He's not a tongue. He's more than a tongue. More than a tongue. And he's not a ghost. Well, you, you, some people say the Holy Ghost. Well, he's not a ghost. He's not a ghost. Who is he? You all said it. He's a helper. He's a helper. He's part of the Trinity. 
You say, well, this morning I heard you pray to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you did. I pray to the Father too. I talk to Jesus too. I talk to the Holy Spirit also. It's part of the Trinity. He's God. Holy Spirit is God. Is God. And He's a person. He's an actual person. Person of God, the Spirit of God. He has an intellect. 1 Corinthians 2. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. He knows everything, all that's on God's mind, the Holy Spirit knows. Romans 8, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. God knows our deepest thoughts and desires. God understands what the Spirit is saying because the Spirit intercedes for His people in a way or in accordance with what is God's will or what God wants. Let me ask you a question. If you're wondering or if you're searching for what God's will is for your life, He knows your heart and he knows all the thoughts of God. In other words, all that God has planned for your life, your specific life, the Holy Spirit knows. So my question is this, why would you not ask or yield to him and allow him to lead you? He's a helper. You're wondering what the will of God is for you in this Goes for younger people, but not only younger people. God has a will for all of us. Every day of our life is ordered by the God. Every day. He will lead you into the will of God. I remember when I was, I don't know, maybe high school, middle school, I started praying and asking you know, the Lord, what he wanted for me to do. And many of you have heard me say that my mom was seven years of age when she was called to be a missionary to Africa. And my dad was 14. My mom was in Canada. My dad was in Pennsylvania. And so I wanted God to tell me. I was, I I remember praying prayers. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he never told me. But it's the Holy Spirit that will lead you into the will of God. Well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to do anything until he speaks to me. Please don't do that. The days will go by, the weeks will go by, the months will go by, the years will go by. And you'll be sitting there. But if you let the Holy Spirit, the helper, help you, he will lead you in it. Did I think that when I was in high school that I would have a business for 28 years? No. Did I think that I would be in leadership in in a church or in different churches? No. I didn't have a clue. 
But I put my life in his hands and, and, say, and said, until you tell me specifically, I'll let the Holy Spirit, the helper, lead me into the will of God. The Holy Spirit has feelings. He can be grieved. He can be saddened. He can feel sorrowful, unhappy, upset. Ephesians 4.30 tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit in, according to this chapter, Ephesians 4. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we tell lies about our brothers and sisters. I know it's going to get quiet in here. That's okay. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Okay? I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I'm just quoting scripture here. He's, he's grieved when we sin, when we're angry. We're allowed to be angry, but we're not allowed to sin. He's grieved, he's upset when we let the sun go down and we're still angry. It's real quiet in this Baptist church this morning. Hallelujah. Say, so are you making fun of Baptists? No. Not at all. I was raised in a Baptist boarding school, and I know them well. Let me move on. The Holy Spirit gets upset when we give the devil a foothold in our life. Or we leave a door open. Maybe we're watching something or looking at something that we shouldn't be doing. Can I tell you, you're letting the devil have a foothold in your life. When we keep stealing... Taking something that doesn't belong to us. Whether it's from work or from church. If it doesn't belong to you, you shouldn't take it. The Holy Spirit is saddened when we do that. He's also saddened when we don't work. Go ahead, just say, ouch. Because the Bible says we should do something useful with our hands, like Barry said, so that we can share it. Well, I thought we'd, I just work for my money and for me. Yeah, that too. But I hope that you're working usefully with your hands so that you can share it with others who are in need. Unwholesome talk. Grieves the Holy Spirit. When it comes out of your mouth, we should be building each other up. We should be talking about things that please Him. It also grieves Him when we ignore His presence in our life. I'll get into that more in just a little bit. He also is grieved when we ignore His voice in our lives. Don't go there. 
Don't do that. And we go right ahead and do it. Can I tell you? He's saddened by it. He's saddened by it. When we ignore his leadings and we just go our own way. Well, I've got to figure this all out by myself. Wrong. You don't have to. You don't have to. What a disaster to figure it out all on our own. I counsel with people who tried to do it on their own. That's a rough road. Really rough. Let the helper help you. Let him help me. Grieve the Holy Spirit when we resist Him. As we do that, we put the fire of the Spirit, if you will, that's inside of us. We put it out. We put it out. 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not stop the work of the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't, don't quench Him. Don't stifle Him. Don't suppress him or restrain him. Don't hold him back. Well, I've never seen that before. Trust the Holy Spirit. There's a lot we haven't seen. Don't quench him because that's insulting to him. And insulting him leads to blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I've never heard that word. Well, it's a conscious and hardened opposition to the truth which leads a man away from humility and repentance. It's a road, it's a highway that you're on. You and I can get ourselves on this. Where we don't listen to him anymore because we're more spiritual. Leads us away from being humble before the Lord and repentant, which then there is no forgiveness. If we can't repent, we'll never be forgiven. It's an ongoing hardening of your heart against the Holy Spirit who is trying to lead you into repentance and believing. It's like rejecting Christ and rejecting Christ's ways, if you will. The way that Christ does things. Rejecting that. Or like denying the ways and the acts of God and attributing them to the devil. But we need to be very, very careful. We may not understand everything. But we need to be very careful with what we attribute the works of the acts of God and the acts of the devil. We need to be very careful. And the Holy Spirit has a will. He has desires for your life. Good ones. You've heard me say, better than your best ideas, he's got better ones. 1 Corinthians 12. Something from the Spirit that can be seen in each person. You know, we talk about gifts of the Spirit. 
Each one of us have something from the Holy Spirit. Not the same as your neighbor. Nothing wrong with that. We need all of that. The body of Christ needs all of that. All the different gifts. The Spirit gives one to each one to help the other. That's why we have different. If we all had the same gift, we really couldn't help each other in a variety of ways. We'd only be able to help each other in that one way. That's why he gives different gifts. The Spirit gives one person the ability to speak with wisdom. The same Spirit gives another person the ability to speak with knowledge. The same Holy Spirit that's inside of us gives faith to one person and to another gifts of healings. The Spirit gives one person the power to do miracles and another to prophesy. Well, there is prophecy. Why do we hold prophecy up above all the others? They're a gift from Him. Well, I only want to prophesy. Well, so if the Holy Spirit in you wants to give you knowledge, you don't want that? Very dangerous. Let me keep going. The Spirit gives uh, one person the power to do miracles, another to prophesy, another to the ability to judge what is from the Spirit and what is not. He gives that. He gives that. The Spirit gives one person the ability to speak different kinds of languages. Like Jan. I think Jan speaks more than one language. I know Pastor John has, does about eight of them. I don't even know. I, I'm just happy with English. <laughs> and another one to interpret languages. One spirit, the same spirit, does all of these things. And the spirit decides what to give each one. That's who decides. He gives them out as he wills, as he chooses, as he pleases, as he decides, as as he wants to. He's the one that determines it. The Holy Spirit has a will, has desires. And the Holy Spirit has actions. Actions. In other words, he's active in our lives. He wants to be, let me put it that way. He wants to be active in your life. Acts 13. These men were all serving the Lord and fasting. When the Holy Spirit said to them, appoint Barnabas and Saul to do a special work for me. It's the Holy Spirit that said that. That's what he wanted. The Holy Spirit teaches He teaches what Jesus taught. He reminds us of what Jesus said. I told you he convicts us. These are actions. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. He convicts us. He's active in our life process, if you will. He guides us into truth. Truth that's in the Scripture. How many of you have read passages of Scripture and then 
Yesterday you read a passage of scripture and it was like, Holy Spirit. Anytime you read scripture, always ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Always. But then truth in everyday life. That's where I want to dwell today. Truth in everyday life. Active in your everyday. It's one thing to come to church on Sunday. What about Monday out there? Tuesday, Wednesday. What, what about all those other days? He wants you to know the truth from a lie that's out there. That's out there. How to discern out there. Out there. Discern out there. How to make right choices out there. Everyday choices, but the right one. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to do that. Not you and all of your wisdom or me and all of mine. No. Not brainstorming. No. No. The Holy Spirit is the one. So why is it? Here's another question. Why is it that we only think Holy Spirit in here on Sunday? In a Sunday service? Or in a prayer meeting? What about your everyday life? You see, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. You say, well, that's not spiritual. Don't worry about it. He still wants to be involved. He still wants to be involved. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to help you students who are in school. Really? Yeah. I remember when I was in school, I used to always pray when it was exam time. But I, I, would, I would pray, Holy Spirit, please remind me everything that I studied. Oh, wait, I thought we didn't have to study. No, you've heard me say, you do your part and he'll do his part. Remember? You cannot not study and then blame the Holy Spirit for your F. Not allowed, not allowed. Can't do that. Can't do that. But he does. He wants to help you in your school. And when you're confronted with a problem, can I tell you that the Holy Spirit wants to help you solve it? Oh, I just get in my head and I just... No, get out of your head and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I remember one time I was uh, at boarding school and my mom came to see me and go home with me. And um, my dad was not with her. And... Uh, and so we, we flew from one country to the next country, and then we normally drive down into our country where we lived. Um, but I can remember um, arriving 
into that country and like how are we going to get back home and I can remember my mother telling me I must have been I don't know maybe 16 years of age and um, I can remember that morning the next day after we had arrived her saying that to me and and here's what I said don't ask me how or whatever Holy Spirit I said, let's just sit on the porch at this guest house and let's just see what happens. And so that's what we did. We sat out on this porch and we sat there for a while and a car drove into the compound and up and out of the car walked an African and he walked up the stairs to this porch and he walked right up to us. And... um, we greeted him and said good morning. And he said, uh, um, I've come here because I have a situation. And I don't know if you or anyone here can help me. And we said, okay. And he said, he pointed back to his car. And he said, I have this car that needs to go down to Ghana, which is the country where we were going. I, I kid you not. He said, there's a a missionary left this car here and we need to return it back to the Southern Baptist Missions house, which happened to be 12 miles from our house. And my mother, who's filled with doubt, no, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing. She was thinking, well, she can't drive it. And so I spoke up and said, "I'll, I'll drive it. And my mother filled with doubt, you can drive it? I said, yes, mom, I have my license. (laughs) And so we were like, okay, is this real? So we asked him questions. Okay, this Southern Baptist Mission House, who are the missionaries there? And they told us, the Davises. And um, we were verifying that we weren't driving a stolen car. (laughs) But, but it was real. And we ended up driving it back down there and returning it to the Southern Baptist Mission compound. Can I tell you the helper? The helper. He cares about every aspect of your life. How you'll get from point A to point B. He cares. And he has a strategy to get you there. A good one. A good one. I can remember one time my, dad, my mom and dad lived in a village 12 miles outside of town. And we got five and a, my dad and I got five and a half miles out of town and ran out of gas. In the bush. Ran out. I must have been maybe seven years old. Six years old. Something like that. And it died, like out of gas. And so we sat there, and we prayed. We said, we need your help. We need you to help us get to town where there's gas. And so I can remember telling my dad, let's, let's try to get it started and go up the hill and then turn it off and coast down the hill. 
And so that's what we did. It would start and it would go a little ways and then it would die. And we did that for six and a half miles. And we actually coasted into the gas station. The engine was off. And out there, they have a guy that will come and still pump your gas. Full service, I think they call it, used to call it here. And he came around and he came to ask, you know, what we want. That's what they do. You tell them, fill it or, you know, whatever amount. And I said, hold on, Dad. Try to start that car. And he tried to start that car and that car would not start. It was out, out of gas. Go ahead and say helper. I could go on and on and on with stories like that. He wants to help us when we've got a situation. He wants to help us learn to be respectful and honor authority. That's a spiritual thing. Somewhat, yeah. But I mean out there. Out there. He wants to. He wants to help us learn to get along with others. Well, I don't have any friends. Well, you need to learn to be friendly. He'll help you. Make the right choices. Get the right job. You say, really? Yeah. Yeah, the right one. The right job. Now, we all have to work jobs from time to time and that's not really what we want but he will help us get the right job he'll help you in starting your business I can testify to that when you have a small business you have to do everything you have to purchase you have to sell you have to keep the crews going you have to make deliveries you have to do contracts all of that I, I can remember when I had my business I would pray Holy Spirit Help my mind to be quick, but not careless, but quick because of all that had to be done. He wants to help you know where to live, what to be involved with. Can I tell you, we don't, you don't need to be involved with everything. Or who to be, what to be involved in. You don't have to be involved in everything, and you don't have to be involved with everybody. You don't have to do that. He gives you wisdom and insight. He helps you choose your words. I say, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. I can remember a number of years ago, I pulled into the city of Lakeland construction and maintenance place to call on them to sell. And they had a warehouse with a bay door on one end and a bay door on the other. The trucks would come in, load up, get their stuff, and pull straight out. And when I got up and I walked into the warehouse, the bay door, there were two men standing at the far end with their backs to me. They were talking and they were looking out that way. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you're here to talk to the guy on the left. Not about business. Not about selling. That's what I thought when I drove up. 
I can't tell you how many times I walk into situations and I don't even know what I'm going to face. And the Holy Spirit will show me. But he said, the guy on the left. And I was there for a couple hours and I ended up speaking to him in his office. His marriage was in trouble. And the Lord had me go there with what I thought was to sell stuff, but he had me go there to help him. And I said to him at the end of the conversation, I said, I believe that you and your wife will sit in church together very soon. And he looked at me, he's like, really? And I said, yeah. And it was two weeks later, they were in church together. Say helper. He wants to help you. He wants to give you the words to say. He wants to help you live within your means or on your budget. Oh, I know. I know. No, he does. He does. The Holy Spirit will help you with your budget. Well, I'm not sure. Well, you go your route and see the mess that you get in then. He protects us from danger. I'm talking about in your life. He'll tell you to take a different route. Oh, I thought that was my idea. No, it's his idea. Just obey. Just obey. He'll help you to be efficient and productive. You knew I was going to get there, right? Yeah. Where you get more accomplished than the average person. That's Holy Spirit that helps you do that. He helps you not to be wasteful with your time, with your energy, with your money. He helps you to be considerate of others. Considerate of others. Where you try to understand the other person's perspective. The Holy Spirit will help you be a good parent. A godly one. One that follows biblical principles in raising children. How about that? He'll help you. And he'll help you have a positive outlook and not just be negative. We're all thinking about people who are just always negative. But he'll help you be positive. He'll help you. He'll help you learn to help other people and contribute instead of always taking. Like Barry said. Should I say? I won't say it. Contribute instead of always taking. It applies to a lot of areas in our lives. He'll help you to have integrity and honesty. Be a person of your word. If your meeting is at 10 o'clock, be there. Well, I just couldn't make it. Ask the helper. Plan ahead. Be a man of your word. And if you can't make it for no matter what, you cannot make it. Pick up the phone and communicate with the other individual. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved in every aspect 
of our life. But in order for that to happen, you're going to have to develop a relationship with him. Just like you do with God the Father and just like you do with Jesus the Son. I know we don't hear that very often. But we have to develop a relationship. Let me give you last few points here. How do we do that? We ask the Holy Spirit for help and recognize Him in our life. We acknowledge Him as God that's living inside of us and doing life with us. You say, well, I've never done that. I've never heard of that. I've never, like, asked him to help me at work. Why not? He's the helper. He's the one that wants you to be the best worker on your job, the most productive, the most honest. To draw attention to me? No, to draw attention to him. Gonna have to ask him for, your, for his help. Number two, you're gonna have to spend time with him. Just like you do God the Father and God the Son. Jesus the Son. Have to do it. I talk to the Holy Spirit all the time. There's a special place in my heart for the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I don't know if I'm communicating. I can't tell you how real he is to me. I'm just telling you. With all of my heart, there's a place for him in my life. You've often heard me say in the mornings before I get up, while I'm still in bed, I don't gripe and complain. I don't, oh, that alarm. I say, Holy Spirit, help me today. I give you my desires in exchange for yours. Put your desires in me that will actually lead me in the will of God. I give him all my goals, all my ambitions. I yield to him. And that's a, that's a process all day. You know, you can yield to him in one moment and reject him and his voice, his leadings the next. Don't do that. Don't do that. Next, ask the Holy Spirit to remind you to ask for his help. Don't get carried away with your routine and your schedule and your day and forget to ask him. Let him, even, even because of our busyness, if I can tell you, you can ask him to remind you and he will remind you. And when he does, yield to it and ask him for help. Ask him for help. Number five, you're going to have to follow and obey all of his instructions. Not just what you think are good or the right one. All of them. All of them. 
I remember one time I, I felt impressed to when my parents were still living in Africa to go and visit them. And I called my, um, my mom out there and I said, hey, I don't really know what this is about or whatever, but I feel like I'm supposed to come. And um, I said, I'm just put it out there for you. And she goes, well, I, I think you should come. And I, so we kept on talking and she said, well, we have a team of, of guys from America who are, are building um, churches and they're going to be here. And, I, and I, immediately I thought, no, I don't need to come at that time because they're going to be consumed with the building and I won't have time with them. And I told my mom this and she goes, no, I think you're supposed to come at that time. And so I proceeded to make plans and to go out there. And when I got out there, I found out that my dad was sick. And he would be the one normally to uh, handle the construction team and go get whatever they needed, nails or concrete or rebar or whatever. And, um, and he was sick. And so when I arrived, I found out that he was sick. And he said, I need to ask you to do something. And I said, okay, what is that? And I had no, nothing else planned. I just felt I was to go. And he said, I need you to run the construction team and do what, get whatever they need. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so that's what I ended up doing. And I was two days from coming back to America. And um, I was laying down one afternoon, because in Africa we take naps, afternoon naps. I think that's a Holy Spirit thing, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And when I woke up, my mom knocked on the door, and she came in. She said, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay. And uh, she said, you know that your dad isn't well. And I said, yeah, I see that, but I don't know what's going on. And she said, well, he doesn't sleep at night. He just paces the floor. His back is hurting him terribly and all of this. And um, she said, I think that he should go home with you. And I said, okay, he can come home with me. And she goes, no, you need to go talk to him because he won't go home. I said, okay. So I went in to their room and I, I said, hey, I want to talk to you. And I said, um, you, I noticed that you're really sick. And I said, I want to propose something to you. And he said, what is that? And I said, I think you should come home with me and let's get you checked out. No, no, there's too much work to do. I got I to do all this work. I said, dad, you're not doing work. Because you're too sick. No, no, I can't, I can't. Well, and within a day or so, I talked him into going with me and um, brought him back and ran tests, and he was in stage four cancer. I didn't know why I was going to Africa. Didn't make sense until I got that diagnosis. Because had I not gone, he wouldn't have come back. He came back and was treated and went back to Africa for years of service after that. 
But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and used me to prolong his ministry. Not mine, his. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved with every area of your life. Last year, we, we went to Costa Rica. I'd never been there. Didn't know who I was going to. The team can tell you. We had to be led by the Spirit. Now, I don't like to do that. I don't like it. I like to know what I'm doing and when I'm doing and who I'm doing it with. But there's times that the Lord will challenge you and see if you're going to be obedient to go. And the team will tell you that he, the Holy Spirit worked everything out, all the churches that we were in, the different, the, the drug abuse house we were in, all, all, the orphanage, the schools, all of that. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to do with you and me, which, by the way, I'm working on another trip back to Costa Rica this summer. If you want to go, you listen up, and we'll get some information to you when I get some more information. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit wants to do that for you young person, you older person, you woman, you man, you student, you professional, you retired, retiree, you. He wants to orchestrate every day who you come in contact with, the words that you share with them, how you can be a blessing, give an encouragement to someone else, Help somebody who's struggling. All kinds of ways. Those are gifts that the Holy Spirit puts inside of you. But guess what? You're going to have to yield to Him to do it. You're going to have to do your part. And I can tell you, if you do your part, He will do His part in your life. Let's stand together. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to look at your life. We're just for a few minutes here. I want you to look at your life. I want you to examine how has your relationship with the Holy Spirit been? Not, not, in, not talking about in here in church. Um, that's part of it. But out there. How much are you yielding yourself to Him? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yeah, Sunday too. How, how much asking of help are you doing? How much yielding are you doing? How willing are you to say it to that person when you don't understand what you're saying? How surrendered are you to Him? 
even your goals and your ambitions. How, how, how likely are you to follow his lead when you don't know every detail of it? Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, and I trust everyone under the sound of my voice is doing the same. I'm asking you to be our helper, to help us, to lead us, to convict us, to show us what the right decision is, to be a good parent, to be an encourager, to be generous, not only with money, but even in our time. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to help remind me to turn up your volume louder in my life. I'm asking you. Students, Holy Spirit, would you help them in school? Would you bring to mind everything that they studied where they wouldn't forget anything that they studied? Would you help us to live pure lives without deliberate sin and giving the devil a foothold in our life? Would you help us with our language? Would you help us with lust? Would you help us with discernment? Would you help us with wisdom? Would you help us with counsel? Would you help us in so many ways? Would you help us in in our bodies in healing us of sickness and disease? Would you help us be mindful that you're living inside of us and you're there to help us, but, but we've got to acknowledge you and we've got to ask you and we've got to yield to you. Would you help us even to yield? Change our desires. Help us to give you our desires and put inside of us those desires that are in the will of God, that lead us in the will of God for our life. I just pray that you would make us a body where not only in service do we flow in the Spirit, but out there we flow in the Spirit as well. Where you're given liberty, you're given not only liberty, but you're given priority where you're the one that steers our life. You're the one. I just thank you for speaking to us today. May we go home and may we think about it this week. Maybe when we're in the classroom, you'll bring it back to our memory. Or when we're at work, you'll bring it back to our memory to yield to you. Let us be grateful people for your presence that's in our life. May we not take it for granted, not take you for granted. 
I just thank you for what you're doing in this body and what you want to do. And the only way that will fulfill what you want us to do in this body is to be yielded to the helper. To the helper that's inside of us. I thank you that you hear me when I pray. I pray blessing on every individual, every home. We love you. Help us to serve you this week better than we did last week. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.